Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week and many camps are over and done with as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 138. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk where I chat with Eagles running back Corey Clement. He joins the show to talk about his rookie season, his development as an NFL back and the running back position in general. Corey had a huge impact on this team last year as an undrafted free agent. So it's only natural that this week on scouting report i go through my notes on one of the eagles undrafted free agents from this year and that's fellow running back josh adams out of notre dame a local talent from the philly suburbs but before we get into josh adams and a little bit of secondary talk let's not waste any more time i caught up with Corey clement after practice last week let's get to that chat now in chalk talk let's get down to business it's time for chalk talk Very happy to be joined by second-year running back Corey Clement on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Corey, uh, your first time on the show. Welcome. Thank Appreciate you. the time Thanks here uh, during OTAs. And uh, I say second year. Is that is that crazy to think about how fast, <laughs> I guess, the last calendar year has gone for you? Uh, yeah, it is crazy. Just to think about it, uh, I was in the hotel last year just waiting to see what team I would be a part of. So uh, here I am today, rolling on to my second year <laughs> and uh, ready to get it going. A little bit different. So uh, – what I usually try and do whenever we have players in or former players in, I'll right. start with the same question. Mm. What's one part of the running back position that you feel maybe fans and media don't necessarily think about mm. that is like the most difficult part of the position? Um, it's understanding your your certain reads that you have on each play. Okay. Um, you know, fans may not know what we're reading at certain times or why we make a play and uh, what time we do make a play. So uh, it's all about sometimes your tempo approaching the line of scrimmage um you know giving eyes you know to certain locations to draw off a defender so uh you know there's so many tangibles that go into one play itself and uh happens at a split of a second well that's why it's it's funny you say that because my next question was going to be about and look I'm I'm as guilty of it as anybody but in talking about during the whole NFL draft time right. and you know grading running backs coming out of college like to say vision mm. and it you know vision is such a like an umbrella term and every play right. you're being asked to, to do a different thing Can you just talk about uh you know the difference in say like a, a zone play versus a, a gap scheme like a power counter run like some yeah. of the just the basic differences and what you would call you know good vision versus bad vision in those right plays? um you know, speaking with zone blocks uh it definitely starts with the o-line first uh we have to be in tandem with them so, uh, you know, sometimes you we have a key – our key read is the front side backer, you know, wherever the play may be. So uh, it may be a linebacker in that position. It may be a, a safety who's dropped down in the box. So uh, when you're – if you do have a safety in the box, you're almost dealing with the eight-man box. So uh, that, that's already a difficult part that people don't understand that uh, that's where you got to check it out sometimes and, uh, you, know, you know, check to a pass play here and there. Yeah. But um, when you're dealing with zone, zone blocks, you know, you know – Somebody who's great in the league at doing it is Le'Veon Bell. He approaches the line so slow that he allows his blocks to set up. So uh, we're, we're running backs. What we're taught to do is you know slow through faster. That's what Deuce Daly always yep. preaches to us. So uh, you know if we can do that, it it allows us to be more 
uh, in control of where we want to be and where we want to plant our foot and get it going. When you're dealing with a gap run, um, that's dealing with the backside puller. You guard, you got to be in this inside hip. Mm. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're not in tandem, you're on your own. Yeah. So uh, that's what some people really don't understand. Uh, it may hit backside. It may hit, bounce out, but really you're supposed to be hitting it inside the uh, guard. Now your first touchdown, if I remember right, was the sweet play. And you guys had so you had a couple pullers out. It was against the Giants yeah. back week, yep. week three, week four. Yep. Uh, how much do you remember from that? Because that would be more of the latter. That was more like the gaps style right. play. Can you take us through that concept? Yeah, uh, that's where we had uh, – Big Kells pull out in front, yep. and uh, and we had to actually do a pin pull because of the uh, the front that we were facing. For those who don't know, that's where the tackle blocks down, yep. and uh, we got a puller coming back around. So uh, if Kelsey wasn't able to pull back around, that play wouldn't have been possible. So you know, like like I said, once Kelsey pulled around, stayed on his inside hip, you know, got in, and what Deuce Daly always tells us, get in and get right back out because. There's nothing but trash on the inside where you came from. So everybody is flowing your way. So you got to run immediately away from uh, uh, defenders. So I guess that's like the next, the next progression in terms of vision is right. the not just knowing like, all right, here's what my reads are and here's my keys on right. any given play. But then it's when I'm out in space, just the natural feel for being yeah. able to play off of blocks and play mm-hmm. off defenders and where they insert and all yeah. that. Uh, is that in your mind? Is that a natural thing or yeah. is that? Something that you can kind of you know improve on through reps. I was definitely going to say uh, it's kind of in between. You know, we've been playing football since we were young, about five years old for the most most of the NFL players today. Um, when you think about it, it's just all na- of natural feel. Mm-hmm. You know, you know where people are coming from. You know when you got to grip the ball extra tight because you got somebody you know flowing behind you. If you make a cutback play, and uh, but at the same time you can develop those. Uh, unique instincts that are just that can be worked in practice doing uh, quick feet drills uh, timing and spacing drills working with your blockers so I I think there's a fine line that kind of goes hand in hand with one another you can either uh, already have it or you can either you know work on you know putting that in your you know repertoire yeah it's always interesting because I think every position there are are traits that are like that like ball skills I've talked you know I remember I talked with Troy Vincent uh, last year at this time, right. I said, "Ball skills." You know, everyone always said, "Oh, they're natural," and he was like, "No." Like we had Al Harris was our was a corner for with us, and, we, and he was he had terrible ball skills when he first started. <laughs> uh, I talked with Corey Nelson last week, and yeah. Corey Nelson was talking about uh, being able to navigate through traffic, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's kind of like a natural thing, but yeah. you can you can kind of coach that up and, yeah, and rep really that can. out and get a little bit better." So it's interesting that. You know, there are there is those certain traits at each position where you can kind of, you know, it's kind of natural. That's where yeah. you start. Mm-hmm. You can kind of work your way. up. I think it's bit. almost natural until you get to the NFL <laughs> because, like I said, in college you you always don't play against the top tier guys. Yeah. You know, when the NFL you're you're playing against guys who are supposed to be there, and that's why they're there. Uh, that's why teams want them. So at the same time, if you want to be you know, consider an elite athlete on the field, you have to be one step better than them. So, I, and I guess you can almost say the same thing for that make you miss ability, right? And yeah. I, whether that's in a phone booth or whether that's out in space, right. I mean, the ability to make somebody miss, right? I mean, it's it's a different game when you're doing it at the NFL versus college level. Yeah, that's that's big time if you can do that. It's uh, first of all, it takes the hit off of you. Sure. As running backs, we get hit every single play, whether we're running or pass blocking or somebody else is just trying to hit us just to knock us off our route. So um, at the same time, if you can make somebody miss, it makes your job that much easier. And uh, defenders have to respect you. And uh, if you have to switch it up here and there now, you're you're almost beating him at his own game sometimes. What's harder, making a guy miss in a phone booth in a crowd or out in space where it's just it's mano-a-mano and, uh, and a lot of grass? I think I, – I, 
Me, I, I think I I make a miss better within a phone booth. Okay. Um, it kind of allows my blockers to set them up. Yeah. Deuce always talks about a stab technique. Yeah where a defender wants you to go, he sees the hole as well. Mm. And um, you don't want to go there. So you kind of bait him into going there and uh, give him one step and hop right back out. And the linebacker always shoots that gap. And that's making a miss right there. Let's talk about third down. Because I feel like, you know, that's one thing everyone wants to say about guys coming out of college is that, oh, this guy can play third down. He can't play third down. He's only third down. How do you view, in terms of being a pass catcher and then being a blocker, are those areas where maybe if you – you know, because look, everyone said that about Leonard Fournette last year. He right. was in the top five. People said that about you coming out of Wisconsin. So you got guys on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. How do you view that from the, making that transition from college to the NFL? Uh, if you know, you may not have been asked to do certain things. I know that was yeah. the case with Fournette at LSU. Right. Um, when you're making that jump, how big of a jump is that? Yeah, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty big. Um, at the same time, it's almost like we weren't in, in control in college sure. of what they asked us to do. So. I really thought it was unfair at times to place a label on saying what somebody can and can't do unless, like I would say, give that person a chance to mm-hmm. see if he can uh, you know, fit your opinion of what, mm-hmm. what you think he can and can't do. So now speaking with guys who've been coming from a one-back system like Leonard Fournette, you know, he's definitely pro-style uh, runner. I've I seen him catch. I've seen him make people miss. I've seen um, you know other big athletes make people miss in space and yeah. you know, run routes and do that. So – no, we're we're athletes. We're we're able to do it. We just have to, you know, be trusted by you know certain coaches to be put in those positions. So talk about pass protection because mm-hmm. that's an area where you see a lot of rookies come in and, and that they they have trouble in that area. And that was an area where you you certainly showed the ability to be able to take on that load. What were the, some of the things that were the the biggest growing pains for you early, yeah. and then that you really tried to pick up on as the year went on? Uh, definitely the speed of you know how defenses kind of shift, um, rotating safeties. Uh, sometimes corners act like they're not blissing by not looking at you. Uh, nickels are are sometimes back off, backed off the ball. They can still come from depth. Um, it's all a deception with those guys. So uh, if you, if I could pay pay attention to the center's call, it makes the games that much easier. So um, what Coach Stout always preaches is that you know if you take your eyes off Kels. You're pretty much on your own. Yeah. You're, you're almost left left out to drive. So if you can already look at Kels and see what he's thinking, you can already almost pick out who you got. So um, yeah, I had trouble last year trying to pick it up at the you know, flip of a coin, but we really sit back and you know really really think about it. You know, Kelsey's telling you basically who you have at the at the start of the snap. It's pretty cool. You guys played two really tough teams at the end of the year in terms right. of their blitz packages and coming out of stuff. Mike Zimmer, the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, that's their double A gap stuff and everything Always. that they do. It's yeah. it's fun for me to break down. Yeah. It's got to be t- it's got to be fun for you guys <laughs> to go too. But it's a little bit tougher. You guys yeah. are getting ready to deal with it. Uh, and then New England, everything that they did out of dime and and uh, and all their sub packages, more edge stuff. Is it easier to prepare for guys that the, the blitzes that are off the edge, or is it the stuff where you see mostly inside, or is it about the same and it's just different preparation? Um, I, I really think it sits sits with uh, the preparation. Yeah. Um, just personnel. Uh, I think that's really the biggest thing. You have guys who can do certain things. You have guys who can switch it up from time to time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you have guys who can come from twelve yards away and make your job that much difficult because you thought. He wasn't going to blitz from that depth, and then that's when you get chewed out by a coach because you didn't have your eyes on the right location. How weird is it now being going into your second year? You've got a couple of young backs here that are on the roster now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Are you able to bring them along and you kind of share those similar experiences? Hey, mm-hmm. this time last year I was in your shoes. I can kind of coach you. What are some of those areas you're seeing, you know, some similar traits? Um, where, where it became noticeable was the uh, playbook. Just the sure. response time when a coach asks, like, what do you have on this play? It kind of took a while to say, uh, no, this is what I have. And basically the confidence behind your answer. Um, it's almost now that I can almost say say answer with so much confidence, I don't have to second-guess myself when I say it. So uh, some similarities I see with rookies I had last year is just, just the timing of, of a question when a coach needs an answer from you. Let's talk about the la- and the last topic I want to hit on is just uh, the different athletic traits. You know, we're getting out of the whole draft process, and you know, we talk about the combine and pro days and the athletic test scores and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Straight line burst, breakaway speed, lateral agility, change direction. In your mind, what's the most important athletic trait for a running back in the NFL level? Um, I definitely believe that. Um, I think I think uh, they measure quickness, the ability to get in and out of a cut, mm. a hole, because in this league things close up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you don't even, you don't have to have the the top end speed to to be a great running back. Uh, I can mention so many great running backs who who didn't who weren't blazing fast sure. that at least they excelled in their their career in the NFL. So I would say that when we do bag drills, your reaction time has to be on point yeah. um, because defenders are looking for the next hole just like you are. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I think the trait that they want in a running back is uh, the ability to react as fast as possible and make a um, decisive uh, decision. Yeah, that's why when you see all these big play backs, you know, coming out of college, it's like, all right, well. That's great. You had you know eight runs of forty plus in your yeah. career in college, but it's not that's not going to happen. It's if you have, if you have five in your career, that's that's impressive. Yeah. But uh, all right, well, Corey, appreciate the time here as always. I'll let you get back to lunch and uh, and meetings appreciate and everything it. else. With OTAs, appreciate the time here as always on the Eagle Island Scott podcast. Thank you, guys. Great stuff from Corey. You can follow him just like I do on Twitter at Corey Clement underscore six. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I greatly appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other is to go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and give us a rating and even leave us a comment. We've had a ton of comments on Apple Podcasts recently, and I've got a great question from Chris from SLC, who listens to the show every week and asked about the secondary recently. So Chris asks, with all the depth the Eagles have in the secondary, who ideally would you want for our starting corners on the outside and inside in the slot? Which of the DBs on the roster could you see being a third safety in the short term and then potentially starting in the future? Well, Chris, this is a bit of a loaded question, but I'll answer it the best I can. I think it's it's crazy where this secondary is now compared to what the perception was of it a year ago at this time. But it seems at this point that they've got a little bit of an embarrassment of riches outside at corner, which is a position you can never have enough of in today's league. Let's quickly just run down the list. You've got Jalen Mills, who began last year at the starter at right corner, made the switch over to left corner early on. I love Jalen. I feel like he's going to be a starter on this team for a long, long time. He fits this scheme and this attitude associated with it. I think he's a starter. Then you've got Ronald Darby, who was a starter at left corner to start the year before his injury. Then he came back as a right corner. He's a free agent after the year. The team traded a third-round pick for him last summer. We know his strengths. Superb athlete. Great recovery speed. He's aggressive. He's competitive. It's tough to argue against him being a starter as well. 
But then you've got Sidney Jones, the team's second-round pick in 2017. He was pretty much out for all of last year after that Achilles injury last spring. Jones is arguably the most talented of the group with the highest upside. I was on vacation last week during minicamp, and my understanding is that he didn't participate in practice. He was on the field, though, for much of OTAs. And when you watch this kid, he looks like the real deal and the kind of player that the Eagles hoped he would be when they took him in the second round last spring. So then you've got last year's third-round pick, Russell Douglas. Spot starter last year and Ronald Darby was hurt. Saw plenty of playing time. He's big. He's physical. He's aggressive. He's got great ball skills. I remember his interception against the Giants last year as a big highlight for him where you saw all of that on display. This spring, the Eagles draft Avante Maddox in the fourth round. He's quick. He's aggressive. He's got position versatility, experience inside and outside at the college level. Obviously a rookie, so there may be some growing pains there early on. Then you've got Devontae Bosby, who is a guy who's gotten a lot of buzz this spring. He saw reps with the first-team defense in nickel situations for a couple of weeks here during the OTAs when the media was available to see practice. He's got size at 6'2", 190 pounds. He's been around the league now for a couple of years with a couple of different teams. And it looks like he's got a shot to potentially make the team this summer. So he's a name to watch. Then you've got a couple of the other young guys. DJ Killings was in the practice squad for most of the season. He's a young player who's flashed. Randall Goforth was an undrafted free agent last year who got hurt, but he flashed early on. And then Chandon Sullivan is an undrafted free agent that I particularly was high on based off his college film from last year. And I think he can play inside at the next level as well. So going into this year, you return your two starters for on the outside for a Super Bowl team in Mills and Darby. Obviously, you lose Patrick Robinson. But those two have already proven that they're good enough to get you to the promised land. I expect Sidney Jones to push them hard and compete just as those guys always do in that position room. In some way, shape, or form, I feel like those are your top three corners. And when the team goes to their nickel sub package, you'd want one of them on the inside in an ideal situation. Could that be Jalen Mills, who did that some at LSU late in his career? Sidney Jones got reps there this spring and did a tiny bit of that at times with Washington. Darby got reps there this spring as well. So the coaching staff mixed in all three players there throughout the, this spring in a rotation. So you know it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. This is just me personally. But I think that one of the young nickel corners, whether that's Bosby or Maddox, will have to really show out this summer to outright just win that job. Not necessarily make the roster, but to be the first team nickel corner. It would be it could absolutely happen. But I think ideally the coaches want their best players on the field. And if Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, and Sidney Jones are your top three corners, my guess is they're gonna be the front runners to be that nickel unit, to be the three corners on the field when they go to nickel starting this summer. Obviously that can change as practice gets underway in a few weeks so that's what makes the secondary one of the biggest positions I'll be studying hardest this summer you've got those three guys you feel like Razul is certainly a lock to make this team that gives you Bosby and Maddox maybe fighting for one spot maybe they carry six corners because of the changes to the rules on special teams and both make it I think that's going to be really fascinating to watch. So that's a corner at safety. Look, you've got Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, who to me, one of the best tandems in the league. Chris Maragos is a captain of this team, an outstanding special teams player. Corey Graham is not on the roster right now, but you've got a young, talented kid in Trey Sullivan who really flashed last summer. Jeremy Reeves was brought in after the draft this year as an undrafted free agent from South Alabama. He's a versatile player to watch. Ryan Neal, Steven Roberts going to compete for backup jobs as well. The future of the safety spot to me is just it's very interesting. You know, Jalen Mills he played some safety at LSU late in his career. Could Razul make that transition down the line? That remains to be seen, but time will tell there if he's going to be a corner of safety in five, six years. But all in all, I just think this secondary is going to be a lot of fun to watch, not just this summer, 
but this fall as, begins, as the games begin as well. It's a really fun group to study and to watch, so it's going to be a fun battle to watch this summer here at the NovaCare Complex. So thanks to Chris from SLC and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, let's keep the show going. Over the next few episodes before we get into training camp, I'm going to keep taking a deeper dive into some of the Eagles' undrafted free agents from this spring and what they will be able to show this summer on the field in training camp. This week, we're going with running back Josh Adams. He's the subject of our scouting report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the scouting report. All right, so Josh Adams from Warrington, PA. He went to CB South High School, not, not too far away from uh, where I'm living right now. Went to Notre Dame as a big-time recruit, and he became a two-year starter in Brian Kelly's shotgun spread offense. He lined up mostly in the shotgun, one back sets, very tall with a toned high-cut frame. He's put together like a guy who can handle the load as a primary ball carrier. He's actually he's got kind of a rare frame for a back. He's got longer arms than any running back drafted in the NFL in the last decade. So, you know, he's, he's really physically imposing when you see him on the practice field in person. Athletically, his best traits are his burst and his acceleration. He's got impressive straight-line speed, and he opens up really quickly. He's explosive for a bigger back. Had no fumbles in the six games that I studied from Notre Dame last year. Very reliable at the catch point. He can be a weapon in the screen game. He's got the ability to impact the game as a receiver in other ways as well. He ran vertical routes from the backfield. They moved him out into the slot at times and and empty and ran routes as a receiver. And honestly, his abilities as a receiver was how he first stood out to me back in his sophomore season. I saw him catching vertical routes down the field, uh, and I, I said, man, this kid's a big kid who can run a little bit. Uh, I added him into my notes, and that's how I knew to watch him going into the year last year. So an impressive kid from a physical standpoint. You're big, you're fast, you're explosive, you can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he was a three-down player for Notre Dame, rarely came off the field. He was a junior captain, so a high-character kid as well. But he was counted on often in pass protection. He shows good vision. His toughness is there. The effort is there to turn into a good blocker at the next level. Now, he's far from perfect. There are things he's going to have to work out. So once he gets on the field here this summer, I think that'll be something he'll be focusing in on. But uh, as far as a negative standpoint, I'd like to see him develop a little bit better in traffic. You know, there are times where, look, when things are well-defined for him up front, he hit the hole hard and he looked really decisive. But when things got a little bit cloudy, there was some hesitation there. So that's something he's going to have to work through. He can be tough to bring down in the open field just because of how explosive he is and how big he is. But he's not what I would call a powerful runner. He's got to work on making that first man miss as well, not just with contact power, but also with some wiggle and with vision. He's just got to get a little bit better at making that first runner miss. Again, when things are well-defined, he's able to pick up those big chunks of yardage. But when they weren't, that's when things start. To, you saw those two-yard gains, those three-yard gains uh, on first down. So those are the kind of things you'd like to see him work through. Also didn't work out at the combine because of an issue with his foot. Hasn't done much here this spring here during OTAs and mini camps with the Eagles. So he's going to have to get on the field to make an impact this summer. But overall, you see a high-character kid, size, speed, track runner at his best. There's, I think that you look when he – Look, when things are defined for him, to for him to get downhill and fly through a hole, gets north quickly, that's when he's at his best. He's got tools to work with for sure. 
early on, I think at best you're looking at a guy who can play some special teams. He did a little bit of that early in his career with the Irish as the number three, number four running back, ideally uh, early on for this Eagles team if he can make the roster. So uh, that's what I think this kid can bring to the table. He's going to be very interesting to watch. Great stuff this week from Corey Clement. I really enjoyed having him. Again, a year ago at this time, he was in Josh Adams' shoes as an undrafted free agent, a big name that everybody was excited about. We'll see if Josh Adams is able to to turn in the kind of year that Corey Clement had. So uh, thanks again to all you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And, again, one more time, take a few seconds, go rate the show, leave us a comment. Don't be afraid to leave a question on there as well because I would love the ability to answer it here on the podcast just like Chris from SLC did. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast for everybody here at the Novacare Complex. I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.